Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Brothers Grimdark. Ever so slightly late once again, once again, but who cares? I have my co-host Henry, yeah, and me, Alan, who has had two doubles of Jack Daniels. He'll be extra bitter. All right then. All With right, that information, let us continue our destruction. Well, the destruction, just uh... the pillaging, like the grand high pillaging, if you will. It's not even pillaging, because pillaging implies that you've gone somewhere and taken something of value. Whereas end times is just... I think I think you can pillage anything. I've pillaged a turd before. <laughs> not proud of it, but I've done it. <laughs> yeah, but can you pillage end times? I mean, pillaging a turd is one thing. End times is just the most worthless sack of shit. Okay, well, now now you're going too far. No, you're going to. All right, you're the one with the facts. It taught us that we cared about something. (laughs) (laughs) Drop facts. Cold hard facts. You've done the research. You have the knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Give me a beat. Give me a beat. No, we're not rappers. I'm sorry. We're we're operating on, like, a large amount of latency here over many, many miles. Me dropping a beat will not end well. Yeah. Anyway, like I say in... (laughs) That's offensive. That's... I, yeah, I should. I should yeah, <laughs> just stop after. me if it gets racist. <laughs> stop. That's not stop. racist. That's Ali G. How could that be racist? Um, How okay, guys. Racist if I was pretending right. I was white. That just gets confusing. That's a joke within a joke within a shell, within a croissant, within a Necron transport. If I say there's a Necron transport, you're in about right there. Damn right. Damn right. You could tell the designer was hungry for that. Right. <laughs> right. As is from 40k to pre-k. That sounds filthy. That is not. <laughs> God, I'm pretty king over here. <laughs> Would it be like 16k? Like, I'm, sorry, I'm trying to gauge whereabouts in medieval history is fantasy based off of. Or, admittedly, it's a pastiche of like mm. a numerous sections of medieval era Europe, but you know. Yeah, it's it's pretty high medieval. Pretty high. Hence the high elves. Right. Let's let's do this. Enough dwarven kush. Here we go. With you don't I don't imagine the dwarves would have kush, like brief tangent, hang on. Because they lived underground. And the like, perfect place to be mighty high. Well, <laughs> well Operating no, heavy duty mining equipment. You could hot box an entire hold, but you do need like Damn a right. hydroponics facility to grow it. And did dwarves have UV? Like, I reckon they could make it out I of magic they could, and thunderbolts. With very least magical UV. Like the wood elves. The wood elves, I imagine, if you wanted fantastical kush, the wood elves would be the people to go to. Damn straight. I'm pretty sure uh, Godrek's and Godrek and Felix, uh, in their novels. I'm pretty sure they got some good stuff. Like, um, uh, you know. Also, you know what I'm saying. To, you know, anyone wants to make any comments about this? Look, Kush is integral to fantasy. Just go watch Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings extended editions, where the hobbits get high all the time. It is. And speaking of the high elves, in fact, not the high elves, just the wood elves. I wouldn't say high elves. Speaking of wood elves. Right. Let me break down. Let me break down what the end times could have been. What it could have been. What it could have been. The end times could have been the absolute pinnacle of storytelling with fantasy. Oh, 
Yeah. It could have been. It could well, have been. Potentially, yes. A, Any section a... of fantasy's history could have been the pinnacle of fantasy's writing. It could have been. The potential's there. But... <laughs> God damn it. The problem with end times is some bits of end times, if you look at it in pure isolation, is fucking awesome. Yeah, like this... Okay. Uh, now, so, wait. Yeah. Now, let me hit you with the wiffle bat of an example. Go on. The great forests of the Wood Elves, Athel Loren, or Athel Loren, or Gypsy Danger, as some people call it. Are the forests old? Very They're old. pretty darn old. <laughs> they are quite old, as some would say. Yeah. These, these are ancient, verdant forests, but also very, very dangerous, and there's beastmen shagging in the woods. Every bush has three beastmen shagging behind it. That seems uh, excessive. Like, also, how large are these bushes? Like, how concealed are the beastmen? It's not concealed at all. It is <laughs> full like, eye contact. <laughs> like, a slightly longer blade of grass is enough for beasts That's to bang behind. To get their horn on, pardon yep. the pun. Um... Rutting, filthy rutting, filthy um, rutting, beastmen ploughing in the woods and the, the filth and the the dirt and the grass and the. This is reference to Greenwing for those of you who don't know. Yeah, you were also way too into that. Sorry, like, I'm like, dangerously into. Okay, the yeah. forests, the forests of Athelrain, verdant life, monkeys everywhere, beastmen shagging, great times, everyone's having fun. Yeah, wood elves exist in these these trees. And there's kind of a cool bit, um, like the wood elves kind of commune with the spirit of the forests. There's a little bit of, you know, a little bit of that um, uh, kind of hippie, hippie nature about them. Hence, yeah. along, with, along with some cool mysticism. Cool mysticism. But there's also some cool bits where, because basically the, uh, the forest is alive. The forest is expanding. In city life can be demanding. That's Flight of the Concords. Anyway. So the city is alive. <laughs> God, <laughs> the forest is alive. And hence why you have like treemen and stuff. Because the spirit of the forest um, unites with the wood elves in a common cause of defending the woodland realms. Right? Yeah. Uh, and hence we have uh, the Orion. Trees. The angry yeah, The angry trees. The frowny faced trees. Yeah. Uh, hence we have Orion. Um, who... Ah, oh, fuck. I can't remember. I can't believe you've done this. I can't remember the name... Uh, fuck it. Anyway, there's there's a wood elf lord who's yep. basically um, uh, joined with the spirit of the forest itself, and he becomes the aspect of the forest. And he's meant to be really powerful, but only um, in Within summertime, was... like springtime, he's oh. born. He becomes the incarnation of uh, this this spirit, and then uh, it winter time he dies, uh, which is strange, and then he's reborn again. It's interesting. Anyway, he, yeah. he's very powerful. And th that, that kind of is the symbiosis of the, the wood elves and the, the forest realms. The forest in end times is discovered to be rotting. Okay. And the world tree, which is an enormous tree that's meant to have roots that travel the entire breadth of the world because it's fantasy, right? Yeah. And that's just fucking awesome. Yeah. It's dying. And again, like the imagery there is so fucking cool. And like beastmen 
are overwhelming the forest. Like, think of beastmen, how fucking cool beastmen are. Uh, basically minotaurs or minotaurs or titty go go bang yeah tatty bojangles imagine like loads of just hordes of mangy minotaurs with colossal axes just skulking through rotting giant expanses of forest like that's so cool that imagery creepy forest yeah, this creepy is, as hell. Yeah, creepy this is creepy dick. for us to clarify. Like, yeah, the beastmen aren't the only monsters in here. There are far worse things going Deep on. Deeper those yeah. woods. Also, sorry, just briefly, a thing which I've said to you before, but I've not said on the podcast before. Just, like, the sentence, there's something in the woods, is fucking awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry. It's cool. Uh, continue. It's cool. And that's that's just a great bit of narrative setting. Yeah. Like, holy shit. That's cool. So what's going to happen? What what could possibly transpire from this really interesting story? I can tell you. The Beastmen catch a lot of arrows and bullets and magic for yep. chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, Beastmen become cannon fodder for every Chaos Army. Well, they this always... is meant to be the well, ultimate always... Beastmen rising. They basically were because yeah. for some reason they hated Beastmen, even though Beastmen were fucking cool. I loved Beastmen. Beastmen had the potential to be awesome. But like every single uh, codex just went, oh, they're mindless slaves to chaos. It was, it was an army book, Alan. It was an army book. Oh, sorry, not, not a codex. codex. Army book. Shut your face. Shut your face, you bitch. Aren't they called battle you. scrolls? Oh, pick a deadly oh, What? <laughs> Aren't they called battle scrolls or something? You mean battle twats? <laughs> battle twats, show, the new game coming you. show going to HBO. <laughs> Battle. Okay, that's we need to pitch that. Uh we need to stop the podcast. If you don't have actually no, I think that music can go places, you know, if we pitch that song. I don't think anyone's ever heard that before. Before we get to that's Game of Thrones. Um our third sponsor of the episode. Beastmen are ragged. Beastmen are heavily on the rag, right? Yeah. It's not looking good. Don't worry, Karzak, the greatest fucking beastman leader of all time with balls the size of regular balls. But larger, because he's a big beastman. Well, th- technically, it's comparatively think, similar. No, <laughs> they're proportionally, they're the same, realistic. Well, I, I don't know, actually. I mean, like, it's down to the law writer. If they wanted him to have two huge swinging testes of might, that is down to them. He needs a chariot for each ball. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's what we do. Anyway, regular sized balls on Kazakh. Yeah, he assaults uh, Middenheim. I believe it's Middenheim. Don't don't quote me on that. Uh, Let's go with Middenheim because it's a fucking cool name. And he fights Boris. Toddbringer, the greatest non-hero of the Empire. He's just an elector count uh, okay. who's kind of good. And Karzak fought him before. Karzak knocked out one of his eyes, but Karzak also got uh, beaten rather badly. Okay. Karzak, the greatest hero of the Beastmen, the epitome of death incarnate in Beastmen clothing, uh, aka a dirty rag to cover your huge melons. Um, Colossal. 
Colossal, is laid low. He's beaten. He's tossed off by Todd Bringer. Todd Bringer <laughs> lives up to his name <laughs> and gives him a good torturing end of castle. And and then Todd Bringer is killed by Beastman. So it's kind of like a... Wait, so uh, Hero A beat up Villain B, then Hero A just dies to some random Beastman. There, there's that a lot of that in dissatisfying. That's a lot of, basically, end times. Like, yeah. end times, they kind of picked names out of a hat, and they were like, okay, these guys fight, but then we can't really have much come of that. <laughs> so they die to nameless hordes. Yeah, there's a lot of that. And, like, Torox, the brass bull, um, is a minotaur who's basically entirely brass, which means in fantasy times, he cannot be killed, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, he has one spot on his neck, which is his weak spot, think Achilles' heel. Uh, the Master Huntsman, whatever the fuck his name is, he kills Torox by shooting him there. So even like the cool, like, oh my god, this is the Brass Bull, he can't be killed by mortal weaponry, but he has this small weak point on his neck, he's dead. Yeah, just fucking... Did he do much? Ah, uh, he's dead. And Minotaurs are meant to be deadly, by the way. Like, Beastmen are kind of, eh, it's a bit of a pest, unless they're fucking in the bushes, in which case it's a free show. Well, that's just part of the natural environment, you know? That's a natural cause of nature. Don't disturb them, you know, just let them get, get on with it. That's, that's their jam, yeah. man. It's, it's our duty in nature to watch. I mean, if you were getting your bone on behind a bush, would you like be interrupted by a crossbow bolt? No. I'd want to watch. Maybe you would. Depends maybe, where it hits. Maybe. Um, maybe. <laughs> Comment in yeah. the section below. <laughs> would you like to be hit by a crossbow bolt mid-bone? We'd like to hear. That's a dangerous line of questioning. Look, we need to start involving the audience somehow by asking them to, like, you know, comment and, like, like things. Okay. Get involved by telling us where you'd be shot. <laughs> in a bone session. Yeah, which would be your top location to be hit by a crossbow bolt mid-bone. Yeah, and then we can do an episode which is top ten places to get hit by a crossbow bolt while boning. <laughs> Not at all. Okay. <laughs> so the Beastmen. Beastmen are just shagged off. But we all knew, right? Every single person that knew anything about fantasy knew Beastmen weren't going to do anything because oh, yeah, that's, like that's their part. They're like the Tau in 40k. And now people like them, but to like the bigger narrative, they're not going to do anything. No, it's not even like that. Beastmen are basically Imperial Guard armies that are unnamed, right? You yeah, know, it's I, just like four billion guardsmen die. Yes, they're probably more like grots for orcs. No, because Grots are allowed to have character. These guys are not allowed to have character. They <laughs> That's just true. They're less the than cows and they fucked in bushes. I don't think Grots fuck in bushes. And they're not slaves to cows. They're, they're good guys. I like Grots. Grots have got a lot of character. Don't come after Grots. I will kill you. <laughs> okay, so Beastmen are just shit-canned. They're put onto boil. Yep. And then they're tossed like a salad. Bretonia. 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 The Flashman of the setting. Uh, J'adore le tennis de table. En uh, bibliothèque. Uh, bibliothèque. Voilà mon passeport. Um, uh, où est la piscine? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna get reported now, aren't we? Gonna get flagged. Um, we love the French. It was a reference to Flight of the Concords, yeah, our fourth sponsor of the episode. Stop saying sponsor, we'll get sued. <laughs> We if, we say, if we say we if we ever say we have sponsors, it makes us like sound like we have legitimacy. I don't think it does. <laughs> I don't think it does. Someone will um, believe us. 
No, nobody oh, can believe that. Um, why are Nike behind these guys? <laughs> keep doing that. The fifth sponsor um, of the episode. Okay, Britannia. 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 Heads the boys. Um, yeah, Britannia. Britannia, for anyone that doesn't realize, is a bunch of uh, Frenchmen, but cool Frenchmen. <laughs> are you saying Frenchmen <laughs> aren't cool? Yeah, but these guys are like medieval <laughs> France, right? So not they to are, be fucked with. They're not to be fucked with. They're fighters, they're scrappers, they're knights. They're all about chivalry. They're all about the lady, which might surprise you because they're French. But... Wow. Wow. Hey, this um, is medieval France. It's different. It's, it's different. different back then. Yeah. All right? Not to be fucked 14 with. 14 is the new... <laughs> oh, God, back then. It was different times. Different time. You can't judge it, all right? That's all I'm saying. It's a different paintbrush. <laughs> oh, dear. Different paintbrush um, with uh, fresher bristles. You're going to jail. <laughs> I'm drawing the line in the sand. Okay, Britonia. Britonia. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on. Britonia makes me sad. And now let, let me again, let me set the scene. Set the scene. This is feudal society, right? Peasantry is like 90% of the population. At the upper echelons, you have knights. And above them, you have a few barons. And I believe there's one king who is Leon which is the best name. <laughs> Leon That is a fantastic name. But the you don't fuck with Leon Leon <laughs> Fucks with you. He fucks with you. He farts in your channel. Anyway. He fucks um, with you and your lives. <laughs> anyway, so they're, they're badass, right? Okay, they, te- they treat the peasantry pretty bad, or badly. It's, it's an interesting setting. It's not just they're perfect. There's actual depth to these characters and um, factions. Yeah. Unless you're beastmen, in which case you either fuck behind bushes or die. And half of that is all right. <laughs> That's all right in my book. <laughs> beastmen, the real winners. Um... Yeah, so Britonia is pretty cool, though. And Britonia definitely is hard as nails, right? Because Britonia is right next to the Empire. And for anyone that doesn't know, the Empire is kind of high medieval society. Um, they have guns, uh, primitive... Well, not, not primitive well, what guns, they have quite advanced bullets. guns. They do have bullets, yeah. And they better hope that their enemy is dead before they get to them. Yes. Um, they also have cannons, they have tanks. Uh, the dwarves shared a lot of technology with the Empire, which is another really cool thing, because the Empire, I believe in the kind of lore past, Bretonia was, you know, very much a rival for the Empire. Yeah. Bretonia had kind of a, almost a stronger society, because whereas the Empire is larger and has a greater population, uh, the Empire is, I believe, 12 states, which are all semi, semi, semi independent. You American? I know. I, I didn't mean to say that. Semi independent. Semi. It's semi. Yes, of course. There we go. Semi by the sea. <laughs> oh, James he's Blunt. Blunt. You know what he's doing. He knew what he was doing. The sixth sponsor of this episode. We'd like to thank James for his <laughs> choice to back the Brothers Grim Dark podcast. Having been fans of his music for ever since he paid us to be, we you know what? recommend it. Actually, I'm going to make a lot of enemies now. He's not that bad. He's not that bad. I agree. Like, like you, you always think like, oh, beautiful. That's an awful song. But when but you're like James Blunt, you're like, ah, you know, let's let's try some other stuff. And it's I like, yeah, they did have a semi by the sea. Yeah, they did. 
Uh, who hasn't? Which is great. Who hasn't these days? Who hasn't? Certainly not the basement. We <laughs> <laughs> had a lot more than a semi by the sea, let's be frank. Let's, let's be frank about that. Okay. For those of you who don't know, semi is English slang for... <laughs> I can't. Half-mast. <laughs> Being half-mast. There we go. Half-mast. Um, yeah, so Britannia. The land of the feudal peasantry. Uh, the empire was then elevated by the dwarves, and the dwarves gave him technology, uh, which myself, as a long-standing dwarf player, uh, I frown upon. I frown upon. Because dwarf technology should be kept to the dwarves. Like, I've never been that fan, uh, that big a fan of the dwarves in the empire being bros. Like, I, I know a lot of people are, but that's kind of... I, I'm old-school dwarves here. Like, I wouldn't have shared the technology. I would have kept my hold. Fuck that, the other guys. <laughs> and he's 50% of a podcast based around bitching about a hobby that was better 10 years ago. Like, that is as dwarfy as it gets. Yes, that's true. Now all I need to be is inebriated and flying a helicopter. <laughs> and we're gonna be, <laughs> well, we're gonna be we can get you like 50% of the way there. All right, then. That was a all gulp right. I just heard. He's, he's on his way. I'm drinking. Um, <laughs> it's, a it's a problem. <laughs> anyway. Britannia. <laughs> you dare say it's a fueled society. It's a fueled... <laughs> Fuck it, stop interrupting me and I'll get there. I will I'm not get even... There. You it's go knights. on side tangents. It's knights. It's knights of the round table, but they're French. Ah ha ha ha. Le fromage. Quel le aujourd'hui. Right? It's stuck in a loop. We're not in a loop. We're advancing. Advancing. <laughs> this is purgatory. It's just you and I putting on French accents till the end of time and mentioning feudal society. It's important that we note that it was a feudal society. Um, they must know. They must know. We must teach them. Um, these guys already know. John, uh, anyway. It's a feudal society, John. <laughs> it's a feudal society, John. Anyway. <laughs> That's a separate thing. That is a separate thing. We have to do another time. We will explain yes. that, guys. We, yeah, we'll that's, save that. That's going to be great. That's going to be great, but it we can't be. do it right now. We don't have time. No. Uh, is, it was a feudal society. It, God damn it. Just... Okay. <laughs> Knights. Chivalry. Okay, there's, there's also a person called the Lady. The Lady. Ah, the ladies. Who's a watery tart who throws swords at people, right? Which is, that's I right. feel, an unreliable system of governance. Definitely. I didn't vote for him. Anyway, yep. uh, she's some watery tart, but she's also kind of a goddess of life, and she's kind of like a spiritual guide to Britonia, which is which is cool. It's yep. fine. Yep. It works. They do it very well. And Britonia is very much um, religious and believes in her, and there's all sorts of pilgrimages and stuff like that. And uh, what are the aspects of Britonia? Is they're looking for the Holy Grail, Okay, um, I, I've been like on board up until now. The Holy Grail seems a little too Arthurian, like classically Arthurian. Yes, it's it's bizarre. Yeah, uh, yeah. and that's why you will have something called a Grail Knight for Britannia, for example. And it's uh, somebody, typically a knight that leaves the shores of Britannia because Britannia does touch the coast. Also, I'm sorry, but look, the Arthurian legend is really not French. It's kind of really English. However, okay, it's a feudal society. 
fuck's sake. But no, no, but fantasy is very much kind of an amalgamation of whatever no, they wanted I, I know, to throw but in. Like, yeah. like yeah. for example, for example, the empire is kind of England combined oh, yeah, with like, Germany. But but that's because like England and Germany are really quite similar at times. We love conquering the world. We're all, we're both bastards. And if you ever hear German, like from a distance, we can't quite hear it properly. You're not sure if you've heard English. Like, the language sounds very similar, albeit theirs is far more sophisticated. All right, then. Well, that, that's, uh, we can see who you're on the payroll of. Yes, Chancellor! I'd, <laughs> I'd like to thank Germany, our eighth sponsor. <laughs> Germany! La, la, yes. la, la, they they la, heard la. that two people were complaining about uh, Warhammer, and they decided, you know what, that's the best way to get our country on the map. I mean, they had two fantastic PR campaigns in the last century that made them pretty, you know, well-known on the global stage. But they thought the next step is this podcast. All right, you're getting super political. You need to stop. I... <laughs> you need to stop. I'm putting, a, I'm putting your foot down on that. Let's get back to Britonia. And it's God feudal it. society. And it's feudal system of governance. Anyway. <laughs> so they're looking for the Holy Grail, which is yes. like a big, like, what? Hello? Yes. Discord is just lying to me. Okay, well, they were looking for the Grail, which was a big... Yes. <laughs> I don't know! You're the one who's done the research. I'm turning to you here. I was giving you, yeah. like... No, 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 no. This in. isn't about research. This is just, um... This is what I remember of them. Okay, uh, gotcha. <laughs> This isn't about fact. This, this is about, about what I think. Okay. But kind of the Grail was, like, a big thing for them. I can't remember what it was meant to be. I think it was meant to be a cup that the lady either drank from or something to do with the lady. Like, it, it's safe to say it was something to do with this bosomy lady. Bosomy is important. Yeah, it's an important part of it. Um, okay. But then Bretonia starts to fall to vampirism. How? Okay. Cool. No, no, this is cool. This is cool. No, no, I, I, I'm rolling with it. I'm like, rolling with it. This is awesome. This is so great. Because imagine medieval society with vampirism running rampant. Like, and what's really cool is, um, again, because you have barons and dukes and... Uh, I mean, you nonces. already have those power um, systems in place. There's not too yeah. much that has to change. But, but what I mean is, it's just because of... Uh, yeah, feudal society is very much like vampiric society. There's a guy at the top. There's yeah. one guy at the top. There's one guy um, at the top with his trusted people then everything else is completely below them. Yeah. The thing that's awesome about it as well is, like, think of, like, the peasantry. Like, you have vampirism, and then there's kind of disease and kind of plagues. And just imagine, like, these great expanses of fields where you just have, like, zombie uh, peasants and, like, you know, strange blood rituals and wolves and all this sort of stuff. And yeah. it's really chaotic. And it's, it's awesome. It's really fucking awesome. Uh, the like society being that situation where your village is slowly dwindling, yeah, would I be terrifying it's awesome. and awesome. It's awesome, um, and I love the fact that also the thing with vampirism, like the, the direct direct connection of vampirism, is selfishness. Yeah, yeah, it is a drive to be powerful or maybe even just to survive, and that's that's awesome because it's a recognition within uh, the law that Bretonia realizes. You know, it's the end times. Where so much stuff, it's like, yeah, okay, it's the end times. We all understand it's the end times. But the guys inside don't really seem to understand that. And we'll come to that. We will come to that. Because there is an example of this in end yeah. times. Uh, anyway, 
So Bretonia starts to fall to this. Uh, Bretonia, there's like plague running rampant. Bretonia has been a long sufferer of plague, uh, simply because it's feudal society. There isn't technology. There isn't a lot of cleanliness in Bretonia. It's a bit smelly. In a it's French not great. society, it's no. not great. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's it's not it's not looking good. And then there's a character called the Green Knight, who is, as you might imagine, a phantom. A magical ghost man that sort of turns up in Bretonia's most dire moments and fights for them. And this is based again on like an old English legend, which I'm sure is also French because French medieval society is very similar. I think the legend may be originally French. Like, yeah, I've got a feeling it's French. Yeah. Um, but the Green Knight is basically an ultimate badass uh, who charges around wearing green armor, and he's meant to be sort of spectral in form. Yeah, certainly, certainly on the spectral. Um, anyway. Would you like to take a stab at who the Green Knight is? Because his identity is revealed. Is it? Yes. Bretonia didn't like ask to be saved. Bretonia didn't should... want to be saved. <laughs> it seems like the kind of thing you shouldn't reveal and should kind of be a cool mystery of the setting. No, no. But I, oh, he no has okay, a... let me guess. Sorry. He's been like... He was an hero of theirs of old who became a vampire but decided to still defend the realm. That's what I'm going to guess from this. You are correct. Hells yeah. But do you want to know? It goes even further. How much further? The Green Knight is none other than Giles de Breton, who was the founder of Bretonia. <laughs> the founder. Like, yeah, it's basically Sigma. <laughs> For uh, fuck's sake. For fuck's sake, guys. Like, uh, instead of having this cool... Uh, and. The Green Knight is also well-written in fantasy as well, because it's basically the same legend, only instead of just going around kicking the dicks of inferior knights, uh, the Green the Green Knight goes around kicking the dicks of anything inferior, which is awesome. Although the original Green Knight myth was less about kicking the dicks of other knights and more challenging them to beheading contests, which he generally Oh, yeah. Won. Yeah. That was, he was fucking badass, and it, it, it was, was stated that his legs were like tree trunks, which is fucking awesome. <laughs> his thighs were unstoppable. Yeah, don't don't know me why. Don't ask me why I remember that. Don't know me why. I remember <laughs> God, isn't hot on him? <laughs> anyway, and the lady, this sort of guiding light, this beacon, but also uh, she she kind of has a. Don't tell me she's another vampire who's living at the bottom of the lake. No, that'd be crazy. That'd yeah, be sorry, crazy. Sorry, uh, sorry. Potentially awesome. Uh, she doesn't. She is just a goddess, right? Okay. Uh, she tells Lionker. Did you call me a wanker? No, I said Lionker. Oh, is that this okay then? Um, he is We're told by a, the lady. We're going to have a lot of complaints. We will. Yeah. <laughs> um, he is told by the lady, he is blessed with her voice, that the Empire. Wait, is this. Like... Is... No, she didn't have a trumpet. No. Is this um, like the real Empire? Or... The Empire. Okay, the Empire, yes. Karl Franz style. Gotcha. Karl Franz style. Gal yeah. Moraz, motherfucker. Yeah. Leon Kerr is told by the lady that he is to save the Empire. The Empire is the anvil on which the chaos will crash, and then Leon Kerr will be the hammer with which he casts them into a mighty doorknob. To does, be... she know, does she know how anvils work? I think she knows how doors work. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> anyway, so Leonka. Leonka is left with two options. Either I say, uh, stay in Britonia yeah. and try and sort out the crazy macadamia shit that's going on here. Or I take all my knights and we ride to the Empire. See, to me, that and seems that... like a fairly easy option. Yes, he naturally runs towards the Empire. Yeah. However, the thing that I like about this is that it's incredibly dense, right? It's just dense. It's stupid. Yes. However, that is actually in keeping with Bretonia because Bretonia is all about doing these crazy, stupid, nonsensical things where they just charge yeah. out of fortresses and attack random bands of people. Oh, <laughs> For chivalry, yeah. And this is like the ultimate, like, this is really cool because it's exactly what the Bretonian knights would be like. Because it kind of states in the book that Leonka is basically the only guy that really cares about Bretonia. And now his way gets wobbly. He's the only guy that really cares about Bretonia. Whereas the other, like, kings and dukes and barons and all that stuff, they're all about personal glory and they're all about personal battles and all this sort of stuff. And they want to. They want to free themselves of the responsibility of their, you know, subjects and their territory. And but they're their one and the same. Like, they don't know. They don't know. They just want to go fight, right? They, that's all they want to do. Yeah, they're basically the glory frat boys. And the myth behind it. It's frat only, boys. It's only possible as a result of having these responsibilities and these lands to defend. Like the one, yeah, ga- the one guardsman. Like, one guardsman company that manages to defend the planet from the horde and be heroes, PDF heroes as a result. Whereas is the guardsman company who just go turn up on an orc planet and kill some aren't really as Get some! Back, 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 back. Yeah, but they look cool. That's the important part. Yeah. They look cool. Anyway, so Bretonia's just fucked now. It's just yeah. straight up fucked. Like, there is no going home because it's all fucked. Um... And the Skaven turn up as well. And the Skaven turn up in such a way as the book just does it, as I said it. Wait, wait hang on. Like, just the Skaven are there, the Skaven are there. sewer network for Skaven. No, but Skaven live underground say, in yeah, giant it, warrens. I suppose. Like, yeah. Skaven live everywhere. Just they accept do. that. That's fact. Yeah, fair enough. But, like, part the of the entire why world is so hollow. huge under the Empire is because the Empire actually has huge sewer systems. Whereas, Bretonia sounds like the kind of place where a bucket is pretty fancy. You wouldn't be far wrong. <laughs> yeah, but uh, don't forget the Skaven just tunnel everywhere, and hence yeah, why they yeah. can invade the Dwarf Kingdoms and all that sort of stuff. Well, that's also because like uh, the Dwarf Kingdoms also have huge tunnel networks that go everywhere they can connect to. Oh, yeah, yeah, but the, the Skaven is just everywhere. Anyway, the Skaven are just a lazy excuse in end times. It's just literally like, Skaven turn up and beat everything. Really? Like, come on, whoever wrote the end times had such a filthy hard-on for Ratman. It's disgusting. Like to the point where you feel like you should contact an authority because <laughs> this is rat men are not safe around this man. Whoever fucking wrote this ratman law, it's like yeah, and every fucking ratman was so fucking muscular he could just bend over anyone, you know, mid battle, just bend them over. It just happened, like just so yeah. many. And if they're oiled up, you know, the horned rat would get his horn on and just you know do it, you know. No, like, I don't just know. Cuss. <laughs> Yeah, it was just so stupid, and it, yeah, okay. So, yeah. so Bretonia's fucked. And do you want to know the fun part? Does Leonka do anything? About does does this society? army of 
Bretonians do anything? I'm going to go with no. You were, well, you're wrong. You're wrong. Okay. Okay. They help. That's it. What? <laughs> they help. <laughs> um, I think there's explain? like, I think there's more specifics because one of the greatest sins of end times is they tried to wrap up a lot of storylines, which is good. Like, I'm glad that they were thorough. But I it very much it. was kind of, okay, you've got three months. I want Nagash to put his dick in the Well of Souls, uh, but I also want every minor character between here and there to have a conclusion. And even some major characters, I, I want... Like, this is four books to end all of fantasy. And for each faction, there's approximately, like... Well, okay, averaging out across all of them, because Beastmen have about four. Uh, it, it's roughly, like, ten characters. For yeah, each faction, like with an important how name. Many and some of them go crazy. Of law, though? Was it like over a decade? Oh, no, it's ancient. Ancient, like yeah. 30 years. Not 30 years, but yeah. like 20 something years. It's like 20 years of law that has been written over that time, which you're having to bring an end to. Yeah, in four books, which yeah. is crazy. Which also, is crazy. Like, not real books at the end yeah. of the day. They, they should have done end times way slower They're and fucking... focused, like in different areas. Like, think of the, the the forests rotting. Like, that should be one book. Realistically, they should have had just an edition, which was the End Times edition, where everyone got, like, an End Times codex detailing the shit that happens to them across End Times. I don't know. I still think that's far too fast. With then, like, some finale books. Like, yeah, it is still... It's still way too fucking fast. I mean, it's what they did for 40k. I mean, 40K is moving at breakneck speeds at the minute. It's like, fuck it, 60 years ago, Reboot Gilman did everything. What? <laughs> <laughs> and then it got fucked again! Yeah. What, but did it? <laughs> yes and the no, they're not sure yet. We'll work, look, we'll get to 9th, maybe 10th edition, and retcon the past to make sense. That's our plan. I know that squats are coming back. <laughs> They're coming back in a big way because Reboot Gilliman realizes that the Tyranid threat can be conquered by a much smaller. No, no, he found their gene seed and he had them reborn. He just spaffed on their gene seed and made a new army. He went to the fucking Legion of the Damned and ruined the Legion of the Damned. Yeah. Still can't believe they did that. They just went, you know what? Fuck the Legion of the Damned. Fuck them. (laughs) Yeah. I know, we're honoring them, but you have fucked them. Like. Oh God! Okay, let's let's not make this into yet another reboot. <laughs> Hate fest. <laughs> right? Okay, hold on. Ah, fuck. Reboot. Let's talk. Let's talk elves. Let's talk elves. Yeah, and we're moving so, at brain. So wait, 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 Britonia. Britonia turns on its subjects. Is what you're saying? No, oh, Britonia them. abandons its subjects. Just abandons. Sorry, okay. it's like fuck it. We don't care. And, and is that yeah. Britonia kind of done? Basically, it goes to help the empire. Yeah, and there's there's not really much which else which happens. But as I was saying with the sins of End Times, where it just has like a load of like minor like, okay, this guy kills that guy, that guy gets killed here, that guy gets hit killed here. Uh, fuck it, uh, he gets hit by a meteor. He does this. Yeah, really, a lot of the 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 stuff falls down. Like the Green Knight is meant to be immortal, but as far as I can remember, I don't think he's ever killed. It's like, but he's immortal. Like I know the world explodes, but he's immortal. <laughs> Questions. Nothing that's immortal is immortal other than Sigma, who was not actually a thing, but is a thing, guys. Because I don't know the law, but got given a writing job. 
Is that safe yeah. to say? It, it, it's pretty safe to say that whoever did this... Well, it's it's fact that who wrote End Times, whoever it was, whoever the contribution was... I mean, somebody pointed out uh, in the comments last time on Reddit that Matt Ward did the first book. Uh, hold on. And he actually did a good job of setting up a lot of stuff, okay. which I agree with, because the first book, to my recollection, was definitely interesting, definitely didn't kind of shit-can everything, uh, and it set up a lot of interesting conflicts. Like, don't don't get me wrong, there's a lot of interesting stuff in End Times, and that's why I gave you the example of um, the forests, yeah. you know, Baconia. You know, that's really interesting stuff. It's an interesting you... idea, which is never actually capitalised on. Yeah, because it's Russian, mm. uh, which I believe that's Matt Ward doing a good job. Well done, Matt Ward. Praise where praise is, you know, deserved. Did he bring any talent to 40k then? No. No. Um, Resounding no. Okay, but let's talk about Alt 1. Yeah. yeah, so let's talk about L. Slash so takes Alt 1, right? Alt 1 being? The home of the elves. Home of the, the elves. Home of the it's high like elves? A, it, it, yeah, it's, it's a massive island with some smaller islands around it. Um, where the high elves live. Dark elves have been banished many, many years ago to the uh, west in Nagarond. And to the south, in the old world, is the, the Wood Elves. And there's basically a remnant of the uh, the War of the Beard, where the Elves had a cataclysmic war with the Dwarves and got their hineys royally smushed. Like bent over on a stumpy barrel and smushed. <laughs> uh, so the Dwarves won, which I'm very happy about. And the Wood Elves were kind of the remnants of the old Elf uh, Empire because the Elves used to be all over the world beaten back to Ulthuan, then spread to Nagrand. Uh, so the High Elves on Ulthuan, Slanesh invades Ulthuan. Ba -ba -da -ba. And there's kind of like a lot of weird magical bullshit, which I can't really quite remember. Like a lot of stuff where it says things like the land is drowning and like sea is coming in different places, oh, but like, like cities are alive, but the demons are running everywhere. Cities are expanding. Yeah, it's just secondhand underpants. You know, it's very strange. If a Chaos God starts entering an area, that area is going to be kind of oh, fucked. He, he's not entering. I mean, like, his demons are entering. Okay, in that case, like, yeah. He's... However, I believe it's either, like, a spiritual thing or something. I don't know. Some sort of nascent powers. Um, Slanesh grabs Marathi and Kalador, the Dragon Tamer. Or Kalador okay. Dragon Tamer, sorry. Okay. He grabs both of them and yep. sucks them off into the warp. As you. At mighty speeds, as you as you do. Uh, and then some lady called. I had to look this up because it's important because this is a forty k crossover. Eldriah, the hand dryer of <laughs> elf gods. <laughs> yep. Or maybe it's a Mexican hand dryer. Eldriah. Eldriah. If only I'd known you were Eldriah. In all the guns. Uh, Eldriah becomes the incarnate. Becomes the, the incarnate? What the hell are you on about? Oh, no, that's a lie. That's a lie. Ignore that. Ignore that. That's, that's more to come. It didn't Eldriah. make sense. Eldriah binding the law of death to the winds of dick. And what? I don't know. <laughs> it's, that's as it's written. She, she uses the law of death and creates a new underworld, right? Don't oh. ask me. Don't fucking ask me. 
Somehow, I... towards the end of End Times, every magical power user knew that the world was ending, so creates a sub-realm in the future. Don't ask me how it's done. I the don't know. actual fuck. It's the very interesting. The gods can't or don't make separate realms for themselves. How do you know, though? Because You can't prove don't. anything. Okay, so Hand Dryer creates the new underworld, right? She creates a brand new fucking underworld. I'm assuming it's a lady as well. I don't know why. It could be a lad. Not sure. She creates a new underworld. And I'm pretty sure they shit-canned this anyway when they moved to Age of Sigma, so this is an interesting uh, Hand Dryer. Uh, and the idea being that she knows that the world is going to be reforged. Don't ask me. Don't ask yeah. me. This newer underworld means that uh, the elves, when they die, instead of going to Sonesh, they'll go to her. This seems like a colossal fucking cop-out. It is, like, the craziest... Oh, hold on. Oh? I think my internet's dying. Can you still hear me? I can still hear you. Okay. I think it's the craziest, like, butter-spreading of lore ever. It's like, okay, um, mm, mm, mm. we can't have Sonesh in the future because he's a bit pervy, he's got his nips out, and possibly a dick in the mix, right? Most definitely a dick in the mix. Most definitely. Uh, let's just get the fuck out well, of that Well, we can't law. have the elves have the too sad an ending, so someone just made them a new afterlife. Yeah. And the interesting part is, is that Sonesh still gets the souls of the elves, right? Ah! He still gets them. And he eats all the soul stones because he's off one. Because he's like, fucking just... Sinesh, god damn it. Like... Well, no, he's not fucking Sinesh because the god of excess has too much. That's true. The... Yeah, he... Oh. And he falls on his back and he's... Hello? Yeah, no, continue. I, I can oh, hear you. God, my internet is still crazy. I, I, no, no, it was me interrupting myself going... Ugh. Yeah, so Sinesh gets too full on all the elves, right? But he, he cherry picks a few of them, such as Marathi and Kalador, first, and then consumes all the others. Okay. And it's like, okay, what? Um, yeah. And the, I think the idea being here is that they needed to scratch off every name in the list. So they're like, okay, fuck it. Slanesh gets these two and then eats everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, he had, to, he had to get the last survivors. Anyway, uh, so this is really weird, right? Yeah. Okay, now there's a really cool bit about Sunesh. Sunesh and all the other Chaos Gods somehow, like, swore themselves or just felt compelled. Uh, by the power of awful by, writing. By the power of awful writing to assist Archeon, right? In the end times. Okay. Okay. Now hear me out. Hear yeah. me out. Yeah. Keep your hand above the buzzer. Buzz in when yeah. you hear the good bit of law. Okay. You may never press that buzzer. It may not happen. Sanesh sends his worst champion to assist Archeon. Because Sanesh, the god of excess and depravity, doesn't actually want the old world to fall. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's a bit of fucking yeah. prescience. Finally, yeah. somebody understood what all the chaos gods should be doing. Yeah, like, because... oh my god, like that's one bit of just like ah. Like, I, I, I save see why they law. gave it to Slanesh because it's like oh, that's because Slanesh is like duplicious and selfish, as are the other chaos gods by nature. 
What's more? They're, none of them are dumb. Also, like, Zinch didn't see this coming. It's like a big one. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that and, guy. Unless it's Wheel Zinch. Wheel Zinch for the win. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Zinch should know better. Nurgle definitely knows better. And Corn knows better. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. Anyway, okay. So that happens. Uh, let's talk about... You know, I, I don't want to spend too much time on it. Because the Dark Elves got, like, a whole book dedicated to them. Okay. Uh, so I, I don't really care too much about them. But basically, a load of shit goes down. Nagarond falls. All the Dark Elves go back to Ulthuan. Malekith then goes... Uh, Malekith is the leader of the Dark Elves and the son of Marathi. Malekith then goes, Hey, I'm going to be the leader. Right? Yep. Tyrion is the brother of Kalador, I think. Might be wrong. I don't care. <laughs> Tyrion, it's been so long. I the writer know. certainly didn't. Yeah, Tyrion uh, is meant to be like the, the biggest boy amongst the High Elves. I believe he's currently the Phoenix King. So he is the King of the High Elves. He's yeah. badass, bit prideful, but still cool. Um, and then you have... Oh, God. What's his fucking name? Yeah, some other guy. We don't give a fuck. Oh, yeah, it was Orion. <laughs> um, Orion of the Wood Elves then steps forwards and then goes, I'm going to be the leader of the Wood Elves. Uh, the high Fuck it, the Elves. The elves. <laughs> Sorry, he was already the leader. Uh, Tyrion then kills Orion. Orion then badly wounds Tyrion. I can't remember who Tyrion dies to in the end. And then Malekith wins, right? But Malekith okay. is meant to be a bad dude. Like, he's into slavery... And sometimes maybe fucking his own mother. Maybe sometimes, you know, maybe. depending on the weather. Like, the um, authors were vague. Yeah, because they were dark elves. They're all into depravity and weird shit, right? Yep. Maybe a, a bit too weird with motherfucking, but, <laughs> you know, who am I to draw the line in sand? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was weird. And then Malekith is kind of like a little bitch, right? And this was my big problem. Malekith is a bitch. Because the whole time it's like, mummy, I'm in trouble. Mummy, I need help. It's like, fuck off, you little bastard. Man the and then, fuck up. Yeah, and then they try to make him into like this ultimate like badass. And then eventually when he becomes the Phoenix King, right? So Malekith, when Was he this first... written by a fan of the Dark Elves who thought, no... Malekith is just the coolest that ever was, and like he's the best, so he won, and he becomes the Phoenix it, Lord. It, yeah, it, it reads like bad fan fiction. Yeah, it really. That's does. how a lot of End Times reads, right? Like, my guy has to win, and I'm going to smash your guy with my guy. It's basically like kids with toy soldiers. I've got a bigger G.I. Joe no, than you. I'm my G.I. Smash... Joe is the best G.I. Joe. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I'm just going to smash my G.I. Joe against your G.I. Joe until your G.I. Joe breaks, because mine is number one. Oh, my G.I. Joe has a shield, which is actually makes him move into your G.I. Joe. <laughs> To be fair, this is a lot of Games Workshop writing at the end of the day, but End Times is a particularly bad example of it. Okay. Well, there's an interesting parallel here between End Times and we're going to make a lot of enemies, but Black Library. Because uh... some Black Library books, some. Now, don't chime in here, Al. Don't chime in. Okay. Some Black Library books go way too far with the dick-sucking of the Adeptus Astartes and like, no, no, the Night Lords could extract cum from every fucking creature on a planet without them waking up. It's like, what the fuck is that lore about? <laughs> like, I know that you want to say that all it's... your own. Like, Hey, my private memoirs are my private memoirs, but... 
And they're still more but restrained I, than half of the Black Library's writings. Yeah, like, there's so much stupid stuff. It's like, no, no, no. You thought the Primarchs were good? Ha <laughs> ha, I'm laughing at you. <laughs> this the one Raven space Guard, marine yeah, the Raven could legitimately be... take down an entire planet. Like, because they are so strong, so cool, and so fucking tough. Yeah. I mean, the parallel I'll make is then the Star Wars fan fiction, which is literal fan fiction, where there's a guy that has eight lightsabers on his body. And it's like, do you think he really needed all of those? Like, he has lightsabers in his knees. Oh, God. What? <laughs> Who? What? <laughs> like, a, two lightsabers isn't deadly enough. Okay, fair enough. Four. All right, General Grievous, well done. You know, like it, it, uh, it's already uh, unmanageable. It's crazy. You're going to hurt yourself. Also, to be fair, a lot of the issue with Black Library writing is that they don't have a strong set of editors. There's no, like, like, yeah, there's, there's if, no if overarching Black Library, structure. A strong set of editors to say, this is the standard. I mean, be free to do your own thing within that standard, but, you know, this should be this and this should be that. That and they keep hiring shit writers. Yeah, for some of it. Other bits of Black Library are so fucking oh, good. Like fuck I'm I'm yeah. a I'm a big fan of Dan Abner. Yeah, Dan Abner is a boss. I love that guy. I really want to get Mechanicum. Like I've heard fucking amazing things about Mechanicum. Yeah. Is, he gets it. He gets yeah, it. He, does. he really does. Um yeah, so that that's the interesting parallel there, is that some of this stuff is kinda like bad Black Library stuff. Um because there's there's a lot of like silly stuff. Okay, and speaking of silly stuff, let me introduce you to the system of incarnates, right? Okay. So, every bloody thing in the Age of Fantasy, um, like, every kind of loosely mentioned god, so for the dwarves, it's Grimnir, the liar, um, oh, fuck, I can't remember the other one, that's really Tolvir annoying. Tolvir the stone shaper. Tolvir the stone shaper. Um, <laughs> Wigdemar. The Lord of Riding the Dragon. <laughs> How long before? Oh, that, that? sorry, that, that reminds me of um, a woman which I know was discussing how. A woman? <laughs> it's a woman I know. They were discussing how like somebody had invited them out to watch Ragnarok with them, and right. they replied with, "So you know, rather than Netflix and chill, we're gonna have Thor, Ragnarok, and Kark." Ah <laughs> oh, dear. I'm sorry. It made me chuckle. I think sex before marriage is... <laughs> Couldn't even finish that. Um, <laughs> yeah, well done, too. That's that's good wordplay. That's great wordplay. Get yeah, that I, in I was, a black I library I was mostly impressed, because she's not usually that funny. Okay. Good for uh, her. Sure. <laughs> Guys, I don't know what's going on here. Uh, that's a little secret. Um... So everything that even is briefly mentioned, like the Orc gods, Gork and Mork, yep. uh, even like the different disciplines of the winds of magic, right? So like metal, fire, death, uh, shadow was shadow one. I don't know. It's been so long. Light was definitely one. Um, each gets a champion. Like the winds of magic literally choose some guy as well as the gods. The gods also choose guys at the same time. Which is weird, because that's not how that works at all. Like, literally not at all. Okay. Uh, so Gotrek. Gotrek from Gotrek and Felix, the offshoot novels. Uh, Gotrek becomes Grimnir Incarnate. Uh, okay. Yeah? 
I mean, I'm fine with that. Gotrek's a cool guy. Okay. Uh, certainly not. I wouldn't say, in my personal opinion, my humble opinion, I would say that. Um, oh God, damn it! What's his name? The Slayer King. Ungrim, Ungrim Ironfist. Ungrim Ironfist would have made a lot better candidate for Grimnir Incarnate. Mm. Just saying. Like, my personal opinion, maybe I'm wrong. Don't mind. Anyway, Godric has made Grimnir Incarnate. He then fights an army of, I think, orcs. Maybe with Skaven. I don't know why. It's just, it's literally like, oh, fuck, he needs something to do. Uh, Skaven, Some orcs um, or Skaven or corn demons. Yeah, with, with no named character leading them. They're just there. They're just yeah, fucking yeah. there. All right. Okay. Anyway, so he beats them. Good stuff. Um, yeah, and the, the, okay, back to the elves. Back to the elves. So Malekith, the first time he tried to become Phoenix King, he entered into the Bath of Cain or whatever it's called, the Pool of Cain. Uh, very badly burned, <laughs> emerges from the Pool of Cain like dragging himself out, like ah ah, I'm burning ah, as he would be because it's very painful to be burnt, I imagine, by a Pool of Cain. Um, he then flees, his form badly disfigured. Uh, he's wearing like a bronze mask because his face is so badly burnt. Um, his mother then comes with him. Oh, mother, I'm fleeing the country. <laughs> mother, mother, the gods oh. rejected me, mother. I burned, mother. Yeah, basically, that's that's the whole fucking plotline of those two. And Marathi's like, my son should be king. Why aren't you making my son king? You know, like those those bad films. Well, not bad films. But I bad want characters. to be king now. <laughs> yeah, I want to be king, mama. <laughs> yeah, basically, all those like old, my little like, Albert will be king. Damn it. 1980s, 1990s, like, you know, when you've got, like, that really snotty child and then, like, the mother that's really insisting that they're given special treatment because they're, do you know we're related to Lord Marchmont? Why aren't you making him? Charles! Charles, why aren't you leaving a school of extraordinary children? Charles, honestly, I believe, I believe a gift for them. Like, honestly... <laughs> Like that, that was... that's, that's what I wanted from fucking Days of Future Past. I wanted Charles to have a really pushy no, mother. I, I wanted Days of Future Past to be anywhere near competent. Beyond that first scene, because that first scene is actually bizarrely chilling. Yeah, it's pretty like, horrific when you have like those I, uh, sentinels yeah, just yeah, killing like, them. I think it's unintentional. That was like, like, oh, fuck. It's, the, it's again, like both of us don't normally have the... Like, because people say, like, oh, the first Terminator, it's, like, scary how, like, it's an unfeeling killing machine. That just doesn't register with us, like, in anything other than, like, the opening scene to Days of Future Past, where it's like, holy shit, that's actually scary. I mean, the Terminator still does that, but it's very much, like, not a fear thing, but, like, holy fuck, he's unstoppable. He just doesn't care. (laughs) Yeah. Because, you know, there's Terminator 2 and 3, it's like, ah, it's less. (laughs) Anyway. So there's there's a whole system of incarnates, right? So Gr- Grimgore becomes the incarnate of beasts. Uh, Thorgrim becomes the incarnate of metal, but only for a little amount of time. Um, there's like several other fucking incarnates, like Alario becomes the incarnate of whatever. And also with the elves, there's a whole load of fucking marriages and lots of weird shit going on. Oh, it just like, like wasn't there like an explosion of marriages at the end? Because, fuck it. Look, there's only two ways to end a story: marriage or death. We're going to go for both. Yeah. Like, Alariel is meant to be, like, this badass um, wood elf lady. Uh, she's now riding a beetle in Age of Sigma. That's probably where you know her from. Um, she then says, like, hey, I'm just going to marry Malekith. It's like, uh, what? 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 Uh, because I'm a female. Therefore, I marry. Yeah. I'm power waiting. structure, bitches. Anyway. So Malekith was very badly burnt. Flees with Mumar. Mumar. 
Um, but Ma, it's only a wood elf I'm marrying. Shut up, she has a beetle. <laughs> but I want to be Phoenix King. Anyway. Now. Yeah, so that happens. And then he, Malekith comes back, uh, steps back in the Phoenix pool, because, like, I, I don't <laughs> Look, know. I may not have like, been worthy before, but I've now ploughed a wood elf, which I think... I don't think he's ploughed a wood elf at this point. I don't think that's happened yet. Anyway, he steps into the pool. Did you say he married death. her? Yeah, he does, but not yet. Well, I'm not sure. Yet, I'm not sure when the marriage is. I didn't really give a fuck at this point. Like I was pretty mad. Like, I'm not recording <laughs> oh, the chronology of marriage. marriage right, okay. Oh, what's that? I think oh, a pointless marriage. As if I care. Yeah, they just like throw it in there. Like, hey, fuck it. Yeah, why not? Why not? You know what really gets people's motors going? <laughs> marriage. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> let's let's take two pages of this thirty-page four book sequence to have a marriage you fucking what every 30 minutes in lord of the rings they have a five minute marriage <laughs> ceremony yeah, <laughs> yeah. like okay. really pointless ones as well no no let, let's, go, let's go back the to the unnamed scullery maid no that's what that's what sam does anyway that's um, what sam does that's what sam does but it would be like you know with gladriel like yes. it'd be like in in uh, two towers, or as my friend famously said, Lord of the Rings Twin Towers, <laughs> <laughs> which is bad, which is very bad. But like midway through twi- uh, two towers, God, midway through um, two towers, she two married towers. the leader of those elves who turned up at Helm's Deep. No, 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 he's, he's dead. He's dead. Uh, no, it's Galadrim. No. Galadrim, I think. Okay, Galadrim. Okay, she marries like, but that level of unimportant character, or just not no, no, unimportant, no. but it doesn't make she, sense. She marries Elrond. She marries Elrond. Okay, but. But like, why? Yeah, why? why? She's why? also already married. She also already has a husband. So what the fuck is that about? <laughs> you bitch. Um, anyway, so Gladriel's it's a skank. Yeah, it's weird shit like that, and Elariel like organizes that. Anyway, Malekith then hops in the pool because like he's already done it. He's also a bad guy. Like he's the sort of guy that would turn up and just take the crown, right? He's the evil uncle. Yeah, in why, the story. why would you go through this like? Yeah, ceremony. like, ceremony has already been stepped on. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Anyway, he steps back in, and he's restored to his beautiful self. Because he becomes the out, Black Panther. He becomes the Black Panther. Because, or the Pink Panther. And that's because you're meant to stay in the pool, burn, but then it restores you, so you're fine. Oh, he man. just didn't stay in the pool long enough. Because basically the pool is meant to decipher um, who is meant to be the rightful king. And if you're not the rightful king, it'll burn the shit out of you. How right? does it work that out? No, hold on, hold on. Don't sh- don't shoot don't, at the the portal cane. The portal cane is fine, right? No, no, I, I mean like because Cain is a god. Cain is a god, and Cain yeah. decides to be yeah. king. I don't think it's anything like he's pure of heart. He can play the trumpet really well. No, Cain just likes this guy. or Cain doesn't like that guy. It's fine. Okay, okay. it's fine. Don't pick holes in that. Um, Why does he like this guy? No, no, no. The important thing here is that nobody beforehand was ever burnt like this. Like, Malekith was definitely burning. Like, holy shit, was he burning. He crawls out of the pit like, ah, 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 I'm burning. Um, that's the second time I've done that. Like, there's... I don't but, know no, how no. long I could stay in a burning pool for. Yeah, and, and like... But every other oh, Phoenix God. King, every other Phoenix King, they stand in it. They get as you do. Yeah. Um, I believe he said and, get naked, because it cut out there for a brief bit. Get naked. Um, as you do. And... They just they don't burn and then they emerge as the rightful king, right? That's yeah. that's always been the past, past procedure. But then with Malekith, it's like no 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 fuck all that shit. 
this is how it really works. It's like, fuck you. Just fuck you so hard. Like, they're just retconning Malekith to be king. And Malekith really wasn't set up to be king. Malekith yeah. was designed to return to Ulthuan in a bloody civil war and screaming the name of Tyrion as he kind of ascended to the, to the silver castles of the High Elves, challenging him to fight uh, black dragons versus elder uh, star dragons of the high elves you know real sort of cataclysmic bullshit instead it's like hey tickle me fancy uh the procedure was just wrong we just did it we had it on backwards the pool was facing the wrong way yeah. like, that's basically what happened polarity fuck you yeah we flipped the polarity flip this bitch just me giving giving the middle finger off of a high elf wall <laughs> okay so that that's that's as far as i want to go with the elves like i really hate the fact that malekith was made king Tyrion was also a little bit of a bitch. Kalador was probably the guy that should have been king, but instead he's snatched off by the Lord of Snatch. Um, let's talk about the Lizardmen. We have. We've spoken about the Lizardmen. Okay, okay. But let, let's let's talk just a little bit more in depth. All right, for a fire second. through it. Go on. For a second. Uh, the Lizardmen... The cool bit about the Lizardmen... Is the initial again the setup is good the setup is for potential the setup is for heroes to rise for villains to fall maybe some heroes to fall maybe some villains to rise so many to become friends um so the lizardmen get fired up because they know that demons are coming for the lizardmen so they start churning a huge army out of the spawning pools. And when I say a huge army, like this is the whole jungle. This is a continent of unified, cold-blooded, merciless soldiers, unified uh, in their allegiance to the slan. And they'll die for the slan. Like this is fucking badass. Like imagine yeah. like huge colossal drums. Listen, men like oh, in the forests, you know, the whole trees shaking with the might of their armies. Fuck yeah. And these are huge Fuck fucking yeah. raptor men. Like... Raptor men versus demons. Like, fuck yeah. yeah, you scored the fucking home win goal. <laughs> Do I know football? Not sure. <laughs> oh, the home win goal has been scored. Right? <laughs> they then go, uh, actually, while they're fighting demons, Skaven turn up because they're helping Archeon, because Skaven swear their fealty to Archeon, uh, because they know that Nagash is a big bad. Uh, so they want to be on the winning side, despite the fact that Chaos and Skaven blow up the world. Also, like, isn't it let's... weird how like the evil factions do a better job of uniting than the good factions? Yes, and there's because... actually a great example of that, which I will get to. Just, just because, generally speaking, the factions are set up to be... Well, all of them are selfish, but the evil ones are just far more so. It's meant to be far more selfish, especially the Skaven. Like the thing that yeah. can you hear me? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The sca the thing that fucks me off right up my Jap's eye with the Skaven is the fact that the Skaven are meant to be distrustful, backstabbing, constantly vying for power within themselves. Yeah. That, like, like there's no way they form fight. a lasting alliance with anything or anyone. Yeah. Even the fucking stones around them, they couldn't form an al alliance with because they'd be backstabbing them, <laughs> trying to steal them. Like, try to steal them. They make yeah. it clear in the law that if the Skaven ever united, they would probably win. Because there's yeah, just that fucking many. But there's billions they in a world where in, millions is a lot. In their nature, they just can't unite. And that's the reason why they don't win. 
And that's the important thing. However, in end times, it's like, nah, fuck it. They're all singing to the same song. They're, yeah, they're just joining told, hands. Yeah. It's kumbaya, sweet dreams to the lizard men. Anyway, the it's lizard no men basically... Faction. It's just their thing that turn up now and again. Yeah. And the Liz- the Skaven, sorry, turn up and just fuck the lizard men from behind. Uh, and like, I don't know. The lizard men, right, classically. Let's talk lore. Lizard men should be the hard counter to Skaven, right? Okay. Now hear me out. Because Skaven are cowards. Skaven are cowards unless they're in colossal numbers, right? Yeah. Lizard men are extremely disciplined, never break formation. Yep. Like the Skaven normally rely on outflanking and swarming their enemies and like stabbing them from behind while stabbing them in the back of the shin um, because they're very small. Um, Stunty figures. But the lizard men never break their lines because the lizard men are fearless and truly fearless, and they will fight to the death. Lizard men are also fucking terrifying. Like they have huge oh, oh, beasts, yeah, like they... cold blooded. They fight to the last. They're basically robots. Like mortal wounds don't hurt they're them. Robots, when I say mortal wounds, I don't mean. The T Rexes, yeah. And so, they ride dinosaurs. They're dinosaurs riding dinosaurs. How more fucking crazy does it get? They don't even need a bush to be behind. Like they just. Yeah. Like, it's also, impartial. the leaders literally reshape the earth. So if, oh no, Skaven tiling up, they are yeah. crushed and gone. However, the Skaven blow up Morslieb, or Morslieb, however you want to say it, which yeah. is the uh, the Chaos Moon, which is Warpstone Moon, because the, Sca- the Skaven also in End Times have a, a space program. That's what I say, yeah, the Skaven has a space <laughs> yeah, program. No, no, it's literally a space program. What? Yeah. They want to get to Morslib, and they want to get to Morslib before the other Skaven do. <laughs> so it's literally like the USA versus Russia, but within the Skaven, no, which would like, be funny. This is would be not hilarious. Faction for this shit, okay? This shit is amazing and definitely should be in like fantasy somewhere, but it shouldn't be the Skaven. No, Escape, it should be the Orcs. Escape. This is the most fucking orky thing there is. But the yeah, goddamn but... space program. To yeah. blow up a moon! Yeah. Fuck's sake. But don't forget that the guy writing this had the biggest of hard-ons for Skaven, right? And nothing between his ears. Only Skaven bonus. <laughs> I was about to say, only Skaven dick. Um, yeah, anyway, so Skaven turned up and just fucked the Lizardmen from behind. And the Lizardmen, again, there a lot of talk with Fancy about Swan Song. Many many races did not have a swan song. The lizard men were one. They just got fucked in the dick, um, like, ah, which isn't dead. which isn't good. Yeah, and the lizard men get poisoned and all this sort of stuff, and they kind of yeah, it's all stupid. And then the lizard men decide to evacuate the world. They all get on a spaceship and they fly away. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. Do they, they manage to fly away? Or did they get brutally killed before they'd get the chance to fly away? I think some of them get brutally killed, but I think one spaceship gets away. It's been a long time, but I'm pretty sure one spaceship gets away. See, the last I remember reading was just they all got fucked. Because, eh, they don't get a happy ending. Because end times and edgy. Yeah. I'd settle for a well-written ending. You ain't getting that. Uh, you ain't getting that, boy. <laughs> Not my end times, you goddamn commie. Get that fine ass back here. <laughs> It's Skaven time. Oh, God. <laughs> it's Skaven time. Isn't that like synonymous with disease? Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> STD, motherfucker. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway. I'll tell Prince... my way in, baby. 
the Skaven rape aside. Um, yeah, so the Skaven are just... It, it's it's fucking bad. It's awful. Um, Grisus. Grisus Goldtooth. The big fat boy from the Ogre Kingdoms. The Ogre, the High King of the Ogres. Uh, he's killed by Grimgore. And it's not even mentioned in any of the big books. Oh. It's in like a side book. Oh. And it's like a it's a footnote in a side book. So by the way, that happened, he dead. Leader what? of a faction. Yeah, he's gone. Oh, and didn't they then Scott just go like gone. ah and then the ogres just follow the orcs? Yep. That's it. Yep. That's the ogres covered. Moving on. That's the ogres covered. Okay. If you no, like no, them no. as a faction, go fuck yourself, apparently. Yeah, I had a King's army. Um, and Scrag. you went and fucked yourself. Yeah, Scrag the Slaughterer. Awesome yes. guy, had like butcher cleavers in his arms, dragged a massive fuck of cauldron behind him, filled it with the blood of his enemies, and was followed by a flock of gorges, which are basically like giant, starved ogres. Oh god, yeah, they are terrifying. Blood awesome. mad. They're terrifying. They're really scary. But they followed him. Think uh, Wendigos. Yeah. Only uh, Scrag and scary. Yeah. Scrag tries to kill Wurzag, who is a feral orc shaman. Um, I can't remember the reasoning for this. I don't think I cared, because I really liked Scrag. Uh, anyway, and then Grimgore comes to Wurzag's rescue, kills Scrag, and then feeds him to the gorges that followed Scrag. Um, which is cool. I like the fact that he feeds him to the gorges. Like, that's fucking cool. Because it's a reminder that gorges are just, like, terrifying blood-addled beasts. Like, there was no following of Scrag for any kind of religious or, <laughs> you know, those sorts of reasons. No, it was just that they followed the scent of blood. Yeah. And where Scrag went, Scrag killed. Lot. Yeah, so th that's just a cool bit, but I don't know why he's trying to assassinate Wurzag. Like, he's definitely not an assassin. If you ever saw and fat ochre that's dragging a cauldron like, that's not an assassin <laughs> he was hiding up in a ventilation system what <laughs> oh fuck oh god uh yeah okay but it's the orcs an enormous cardboard box <laughs> yeah hey what's that scrag 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 bum 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 gorgeous sex um the orcs were I was. Uh, <laughs> gorgeous orcs, even. Gorgeous orcs. <laughs> I was say, gorgeous orcs. <laughs> gorgeous. Look at you. You're gorgeous. Uh, the orcs uh, actually got quite well written in end times. I'll give it to them. Not too bad. Orcs invade Cathay. Cathay. Gorgeous. Cathay, are you playing the saxophone? <laughs> Cathay. Cathay. Anyway, Cathay, orcs have you seen my Cathay. ogres, Cathay? Oh, they um, they just fucked off, did they? Right. Fucked right off. Gork and Mork. They fucked back fight, again. Gork and Mork fight the Chaos Gods for the East while the Orcs are in Cathay because demons turn up. Okay. And there's a trilateral war. A triangle of death. A Toblerone of slaughter. Where the Orcs, orcs fight demons. Demons fight Orcs. Orcs fight the Emperor of Cathay. And the Emperor of Cathay is fighting for survival Sorry, against demons. Cathay is basically Asia. Oh, okay. Asia. All right. La 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 la. They're China. Um, they're cool. They're very cool. Mm. Uh, but Gork and Mork fight the Chaos Gods of the East, which is just like a what? I I, th I always interpreted that as more of a figurative thing, like 
the orc armies fighting with chaos. Oh, no, I, the... I, yeah, it can only be a figurative thing if you want it to make sense. But you have to take into account it's the end times writer. Like there yeah. may just have been a literal battle of the gods over there, which was a footnote. But then the weird part is, is that they state that Gork and Mork win, not the orcs win, but Gork and Mork win. Okay. I am pretty sure if memory serves me correctly, I may be wrong, but okay. it's still it was weird. Uh, the orcs get joined by the ogres because they kill Greasus, who is uh, the big boy, the big mamu. Yep. So the orcs, the ogres join him. Uh, they join well, specifically Grimgore. They then liberate the Chaos Dwarf slaves, which is something that I actually really liked, because the Chaos Dwarfs were basically dwarves that went too far north, too close to the uh, the evil that dwells within. Uh, and were corrupted by the chaos winds and chaos magic and all that sort of stuff, and they become evil. And then they took mass slaves of orcs, and then with experimentation to make the orcs tougher and harder, uh, they created the black orcs. And Grimgore is a black orc that escaped. Um, so basically, there's a huge population of orcs and ogres that slave away, uh, working for the chaos dwarves uh, in massive foundries. Like the chaos dwarf population is actually very, very tiny. But they maintain their power and status among the, the world and don't get invaded by other races because they have fuck tons of slaves and technology and all this sort of weird and cool Dark, shit. Dark, weird, scary shit. Yeah. Grimgore then leads all the orcs and the ogres to liberate the slaves. And it's not, well, as far as my memory serves me, it's not done in a like, yes, we must we must slave our, a slave, um, save <laughs> our, our kinmen. It's not done like that. It's very much like a we need more numbers and fuck the the dwarves, fuck the chaos yeah. dwarves. Because Grimgore also has like a personal uh, vengeance, vendetta against these guys. They fuck over the chaos dwarves. Chaos dwarves are killed. Not a lot of fanfare, but that's okay because this is Grim Grimgore with an actual war. Yeah. Whereas... Also, the chaos dwarves were never really a faction of themselves, other than Forge World. And unless you had pockets deeper than the Mariana tre Trench, Mariana's. <laughs> Marianas, fuck it. I almost said marijuana trench as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said that. <laughs> got pockets deeper than the marijuana trench, then. Uh... I'm gonna get some. some uh, Grimgore also almost takes Archeon, which is cool. Because okay. if you remember our last episode, uh, previously he headbutted Archeon, rendering Archeon, and then went, nah, fuck it, we're out of here. Yep. Let's go, boys. They ain't worth it. They ain't worth it. Yep, orcs um, walk away from a fight as they do. Grim, then fights Archeon again, and <laughs> he headbutts him again. Archeon has not learned, God and the it. bit this bit made me laugh <laughs> because Archeon has three eyes, right? Yeah. Uh, I believe the one like he has one up in his forehead, and I believe the one up in his forehead is a gift from Zinch or something, and it's meant to be like some weird future bullshit, whatever. <laughs> Didn't see this coming. Grim Grimgore headbutts him, and I believe the word used is shattered. He shatters Archeon's third eye, which is like some weird. Uh, not sure I'm cool with this. Um, Archeon then summons all his power, summons all his strength, uses the the will of his sword. His sword is a demon weapon, back when demon weapons were a thing, and kills Grimgore. Like it's as simple as that. He gets headbutted, and he's like, "I have the power, okay, well, Archeon." Well, at least he, he went off, he wiped out a race of dwarfs. He did go toe-to-toe -to -toe with a Chaos, like, bad boy. The Chaos yeah. bad boy. Like, it's not the worst End Times did. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, the, the orcs yeah. weren't too bad. And yeah. that's that's something that a lot of people didn't really mention, but I feel they, they need to do that. Okay, Skaven. 
talking about the bad guys uniting the the good guys uh the skaven destroy um fuck it what's his name <laughs> nagash they destroyed nagash's black pyramid which again isn't a euphemism the black pyramid is basically a giant floating pyramid which is giant and black it's the and biggest floating. of all the pyramids because it's black <laughs> um and floating it and it's meant to be like a source of magical power for Nagash, and there's huge amounts of undead around it. And this was, again, another setup that was fucking awesome, because Nagash comes back after consuming different gods and an el elfish princess and all this sort of stuff. Uh, comes back, and then he brings the Black Pyramid up out of the ground, and <laughs> this giant rolling city is now going to fuck up shit. And it was like, oh my god, you know... This guy, we really have to Shit be careful. Shit is going down. Shit is going down. The game and then just destroy it. This game and then destroy it. And then Nagash is forced to parlay with... Um, parlay. I hate that word. <laughs> parlay with the um, with the good guys. Yeah, with like the, the Empire and the vampires. We also mentioned before, we're really, also, we're really glad that vampire counts joined with the Empire, like men... Yeah. And Nagash, like, yeah, that just makes sense. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, yeah, again, the Skaven unite the good guys against them by making Nagash less powerful. By just being too but... fucking united. Yeah. And also, the other thing that I'm just going to mention now as I think about it, the other thing they didn't mention about End Times, which I never really understood, hmm. is they never said why the necromancers of the good side, so like the vampire counts and Archeon, uh, yeah, Archeon, no, not Archeon. Fuck it. Arcan and Nagash. Why they didn't just summon back the Chaos Warriors to fight for them? Like, I understand demons. They can't get the demons to come back and fight for them. But why not the Chaos Warriors? No. Yeah, so that that's something to think about. Um, Cetra the Imperishable. The remit for the writer of End Times. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm I'm not saying that I would want him to... Yeah, uh, I don't know some sort of slightly too hot enema. Um, but I am saying that I don't think he should have written End Times. Okay. I'm glad. <laughs> Thank you for that analogy. <laughs> anyway, you were saying... Oh, no, no, Cetra, Cetra. Cetra the Imperishable. The awesome fucking leader of the Tomb Kings, because Tomb Kings kind of just got shat on because Nagash came back and just shat on them. Uh, and it without much fanfare... Nagash then destroys Cetra with like a wave of his hand because at this point Nagash is at the height of his power. Nagash at the height of his power is also something very terrifying, but then the Black Pyramid gets destroyed and suddenly he's just kind of not really much of a character anymore. And I don't know, it just, it really sucked. They like introduced the big bad, like holy shit, this guy's powerful. But then just, ah, he's not that bad, actually. Look, it's not actually chaos. Nagash is the threat. Ah, no. <laughs> Let's just close the book on that one. What? Pretty much. Okay, Cetra. Cetra is destroyed by Nagash. Cetra is then uh, whispered to by the Chaos Gods. Chaos Gods then make an offer to Cetra. They say to Cetra, if you serve us forever, you can come back. Right? Okay. Then later on, it's the final battle. Cetra then like does like a backflip and beheads something. Right? Okay. He like kills something. I don't know. Like, Citra's back, motherfuckers. Yeah. He springs like a fucking coil. Uh, also, another thing about End Times, it's like, there's meant to be colossal battles, but every major character, again, can just find another major character. Like, whoever you're looking for. Yeah, it's like, are you looking for Nagash? Good, just go to the center. Uh, there's a nice queue forming. Anyway. But things like Nagash is noticeable. They'd be like, 
Oh, yeah, so you wanted to bump into the minor baron who won't be anywhere near like the front, really. He's off to one side as well. Find him immediately. Just done. Yeah. Yeah. It's like my arch nemesis. Where is he? Oh, he's he's oh. next to me. Don't worry, yeah. guys. I got How him. Convenient. I got him. Let's let's battle to the death, and then you can die ignominiously afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever the winner is just gets killed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so he finds the gash, and Cetra then says, um, "He came back." Uh, but then he says that Cetra bows to no one, <laughs> which uh, is meant to be like he, which is meant to be he refuses the Chaos Gods, right? Yeah, well, no, because but I, then he's also back. Yeah, like it's like what? I assumed the Chaos Gods turned up because there was no other way. Like, if I tempted you right now, with the now, if you leave your chair, you'll have to pledge. All the money you make to me. And I'll give you the strength to stand up out of your chair. You have the option to get out of your chair at any time. Yeah. Like... I mean, oh, this is slightly different, because just... Nagash... Nadash, Nagash did destroy... It, it's meant to be kind of like with a wave of his hand. He re- yeah, well, like, yeah, I see that... Like... I see two options. Either he destroyed him in such a way as Cetra can come back by themselves, in which case the Chaos God's offer is worthless, or he actually managed to like destroy them properly with magic, in which case the Chaos Gods are needed to be there. Okay, now can I press, just press pause? Yeah. As stupid as this was, right? Yeah. It was a real fucking fist pump moment <laughs> in the end times. I was like, yes! Tetris back! <laughs> Motherfuckers! Because... I think they just... Like, oh, so much is... shit had gone before. It yeah. was like, fuck yeah, it's cool to see Cetra come back. And then he comes out with some stupid-ass <laughs> line, and it's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> fuck it. Uh, Everyone, if we'll just do it live. Everyone do it live. <laughs> fuck it. That was dumb, but damn it, I'm behind you. Like, that says a lot about the quality of the writing, when something that offensively dumb can happen, but you still applaud it, because <laughs> it's better than everything else. It was just, it was a gift. It was a gift. And I fucking love Cetra. I love him. I love him from Old Law, and actually, I quite love him from the end times as well. Just for, like, what the fuck? Like, he even <laughs> enters the battle with a flourish. Like, dude, like, so many points. You so have shit points. to do, all right? Oh, man, I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> Not gonna lie, it was a guilty fucking pleasure. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. So, and then I'm not going to talk about the dwarves. You know, that's been talked about death and all that sort of stuff. Did we, but no, did we mention made... it? Did we, we did mention it. We did mention it. We kind of mentioned it. Um, but the thing I would like to talk about here, as we come to the conclusion, say, of what does the end soon. times mean, right? Yeah. And it was made aware to us, right, by a guy. He said, can we stop fucking talking about end times? Like, we're, we're tired of end times. I'm paraphrasing. But that's that's kind of the thing. And I agree. I do agree. End times is fatiguing because it's shite. Everyone hates it. Everyone goes on about it. There's nothing we can do. However, however, it's important that A, you remember it. B, you kind of voice why you don't like it. Like to me, it's important that we kind of voice why we don't. It's because there's there's no not just by saying, oh, it's shit, which is admittedly what I tend to resort to an awful lot, but by 
looking at how it fails from a narrative perspective and how it doesn't fulfill any of the promises it makes or how various characters are just completely misused, that kind of thing. And you say, look, this is why it's bad. Not just because it killed the thing we loved, and that's a huge part of it, but it did it poorly in of itself. It did it in a very irreverent manner as well. Mm. It's like, he's a badass guy. Fuck it. He's the incarnate of Charles de Gaulle. He sucks balls on the side. You know, some interesting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's dead. I know he's dead. I know he's dead. Um, yeah. Like, it, it, it just stinks. Okay. But here's the important part. Here's the very important part. We see a lot of strong and powerful uh, correlations if you will, the stars are aligning with 40k. Which is and this, scary. This is the important part, yeah. Because what they did in End Times, which we can see in 8th edition, slightly, I'm not saying this is bad, I'm not saying that at all, they're not going to end 40k, which is great. They shouldn't, yeah. right? Like, thank there shouldn't you be a winner in 40k, that's never going to work. Yeah, I think It would never 40K, come out, managed... I'd be happy. I think with 40k they've managed to do a reboot rather than a flat killing of the setting. And I think that's yeah. enough for them for now. There may be an end times coming in like five years' time, which is scary, but A, it may not happen, and B, we're fine for now. That's the main thing. It, I don't think we're going to have an end times in 40k. Yeah. Um, but the one distinction that I want to make, the one distinction I want to make here, is I don't want to start fear-mongering for the end times of 40k and all that sort of stuff. That, again, has been discussed to death. Yeah. I think the important thing to take away is the way that they were just so uh, again I'm going to use the word irreverent towards the blase towards old law and I know that they've done that so many times in the past uh, and there are certain writers who we will not name um, (laughs) who definitely do this it's like that's old law but fuck it here's what I would like to see okay yeah and so kind of what I'm saying about 40k here is that end times is a big lesson in what we don't want yeah we want interesting changes, right? Yeah, that are just really interesting in terms of dynamics. Yeah. Which we have. For example, for example, the major glowing success, in my opinion, of 8th edition, Tau. Yeah. Everything about the Tau was perfect. Okay, now here's, here's the example. They're the Martians. Like... The Martian men. Martian men with their slippery tendrils uh they set fire to space itself okay that's fucking mental that's mental and metal that's so awesome that's so fucking awesome so the tower expand in the only way they can through dangerous wolf tribe sexology right which they just like they, uh, they do it without gellerfields and it has an actual effect as a result of not having gellerfields like, again yeah that that's just understanding comprehension and then evolution which is yeah. fucking awesome like the god damn it i love that book anyway that's what I want to see. I want yeah. to see less of the whole, like, yeah, Reboot Gellman just turns up and fixes things. And do you remember the Indomitus Crusade? Uh, not not really. Oh, that's because it happened 112 years ago. Oh. Uh, all right. Uh, he, he fixed all the major problems caused by... Okay, as it is, Sigurdrix Maledictum is a fantastic way to mix up the setting. Like, we approve of that. It's just, at times, they have um, brushed away certain issues or ignored old sections of law, which have been problematic. Which... We're concerned about, not so much because it's so bad now, but just because how similar it feels to End Times. So as what we think is by discussing End Times, by continuing that discussion and making newer players aware of that discussion, 
they can then have similar discussions about the state of 40k. So people are more willing to stand up for when things are changed irreverently. Yeah, I, I think it's very important to look at um, end times as World War Two, right? Things got fucked up. They did. And we need to look at that and sort of <laughs> maintain a level that isn't that. <laughs> That's what we need to do. Like, since then, we can agree things have been weird at times, you know, not exactly pleasant in the world, but they haven't been that. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, so in conclusion, in final thoughts. End times bad. End time was a shit show that had a few glimpses of promise. Which there were definitely it... a few glimpses of promise. And Matt Ward was our shining knight as the best bit of law writing in end times. Weirdly. Which is weird. Very weird. It's weird, but he nailed it. He really did a good job. And credit well to Matt Ward. done, Matt Ward. Well done, my child. I Mother, I want to write law. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I want okay, to write it now. Mannequin is just but, a fucking badass. But Mother, but, I want him to be king. But for Mannequin... <laughs> You need to have an understanding of what came before. But I want to start writing now. <laughs> but in my opinion, the new law is good. But oh, in my no, opinion, none of that no, matters. Strike him down. <laughs> it's too okay. late for him. As okay. Is. So shall we shall we move on to the news then? Because we I believe we've said our piece and why we think it was worth saying our piece. So and news. In conclusion, <laughs> in further conclusion. In conclusion, it was a feudal society. <laughs> it was a feudal society that <laughs> didn't deserve the cruel death it had. But that I think that's going to be the end of our look for now into for now. into into the old world. We may lunge back now and again. For some... I would use the word plunge. Plunge. Clunge back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, plunging back into the past. Oh dear. As um, is, new section. As is, news. I have something I wanted to say. You have something you want to say. Yours is orc related, and how timely, seeing as it's October, with I believe a codex release coming out in not October. Weez is gonna make a war. I make the homies pay for it. <laughs> I don't know what that's Orcs about. That for fighting and winning. <laughs> oh God, I love orcs. I love orcs. <laughs> I can't um, yell as much as I'd like to because A, I have people living through these walls and B... Okay, that's crazy. That just sounds fucking around. crazy. There's people living through the walls, man. <laughs> well, there are. Yeah, I have my windows open and the neighbours definitely can hear me. <laughs> like, oh, the amount of times the neighbours have judged us. Yeah, occasionally like you look across and you see them in their window. <laughs> very confused as to why we're yelling about random shit. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wasn't it amazing when he killed that child? And talking about lubing god machines. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. Um, right. Anointing. Anointing is the word. Anointing, yes. So, Yorks are coming. <laughs> Yorks are on their way yeah. with big, dirty trucks. Big, dirty trucks full of dirty boys sweating and beating each other. <laughs> That's all canon. All canon. Oh, yeah, they are. They would be fighting because they're orcs. They would be fighting, exactly. And they're called boys or gits or knobs. Um, Depending on their size. Depending on their size. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, 
my orc army is coming along very nicely, splendidly. Some would say a small unit, some would say an offering of death. Um, orcs, here's my official prediction. Here's my official prediction, because they've released the rules. Or at least some. Spoiler. On the trike. The war boss on war trike. Yeah. The most splendid model of Mad Maxian orcdom. His special rule as war lord. Is it what is me? It's what is me. What is me? What Darkness is me. me. What is me? Ram him in the face. Um, the orcs are doing that in big numbers because his special rule is every vehicle, every bike within six inches of his trike can move, advance. Oh, shit. Assault. Oh, shit. What is happening? <laughs> what is I, this? I, yes. I, oh. Fucking yes. Is that every bike My prayers have been answered. Is that every bike unit? I don't within? give a fuck. I think it's I bike could, units, but yeah, fuck. It's not, and it's not yes. going to be holy, is it? You can do a holy. Oh, shit. And That's it's a, a big fucking bikes. truck. My death roller battle wagon is going to chomp oh, the face God. of so many Eldar. Death Watch this is going to cry. so good. This is so good, guys. And the crazy thing is, is it's just vehicles. They were so lackadaisical about it. So just this means vehicles. killer cans. Oh, no, my God. Vehicles and bikes. Killer cans. Battle oh wagons. Morkonauts. Gorkonauts. Stompers. You can do a legit, like, mech orc army now. You can have fast-moving, hard-hitting killer cans. Holy shit. Orcs are going to be cray. Definitely release the stat line cray. for the big mech. Not, not the big mech. The Gorkonaut or Morkonaut. They One of them is beastly now. I think... The stat line is going to be very much the same, yeah. but with a reduced points cost. I think that's going to be the outcome. Yeah. Uh, which is great. Uh, Mega Armored Knobs, which is great, are getting a point reduction, which is also great. <laughs> uh, don't know why I said that first one. I have boxes of them. Boxes. Boxes. Metal, Metal boxes. boxes. Play that's going to be something great. Uh, what? Play Dark Crusade. Yeah, just play Dark Crusade. Fuck it. If you don't know what we're doing, we're doing impressions. Or trying to. We're not very good. No. Um, orcs are fucking awesome. Orcs are coming. It's October. Tomorrow, Speed Freaks is coming out. I'm going straight to that shop. I'm buying a copy, and I'm going to build some fucking buggies. Hell's it. And also some orc ones. And some bikes. It's going to be great. It's going to be lit, as the kids say. Uh, the Orc book is... The Orc fucking codex It's not even coming out in October. What the fuck is this? It's Norktober now. Which means, <laughs> which means Breast-tober in England. Uh, That's a fabulous pair of Norks, my dear. <laughs> a wonderful pair of Norks. God, yes. Norks. Yeah, so that's happening. I think Orcs are going to be big. This trike war boss is going to make for some crazy lists. And I don't really care too much, hold on, for the top tier games here. I don't really care too much for that. But like semi-competitive, friendly I, games, I, I these, orcs, this trike is going to be game-changing. I think orcs will find a way to be like a tier 2 army. Like the way this is lining up. Maybe I think they might be tier 1. Because tier 1 is disgustingly good. Okay, but I want to say tier 1. And here's, here's why. Because I think Orc Boy Spam is going to be massive. It's going to be green. It's going to be sweaty. It's going to be all over your Don't body. Don't knights kind of shit on that? Uh, knights do. Knights do. 
so this this is where it gets interesting Actually, because it depends how they go with the orc boy spam, right? Yeah. So if the orc boy gets a point reduction, they also can have six plus fear no pain. If you go for uh, goths on sixes, they get more attacks, which means or sixes means sixes. Uh, Gazi can give them plus one attack. A wild banner gives them plus one attack. So at the, currently, as it stands, they can get two hundred and seventeen attacks from a thirty man orc boy unit, right? Doesn't that mean you basically have prescience on your entire army? It's pretty crazy. Yeah. And don't forget that they also are bringing out the 2CP stratagem, which is give your entire army cover. So all Orc boys go to a 5-plus cover safe, which yeah, is just nice. If you're playing on hand. Yeah. Like, the weird thing is, like, Orc boy spam will turn up and most definitely be a problem, which then means the amount of anti-tank is going to drop. So I think, as a result of the Orc Codex, the Knights are going to get even better. They're going to lose the Castellan, but... Armor levels may drop if Orc Boy spam gets good, making knights better again. Like, yeah, and th that's also something we haven't mentioned, but uh, it's going to happen. Is Castellan is going to get a nerf, guys? Chapter two is going to nerf it. I don't think the Castellan is going to get nerfed to the point where you never take it. I think there still will be. No, I, I reckon they're going to be like heavy-handed, like have put another hundred points on it because they couldn't be asked to try and balance it. Well, to be fair, they've sold all the kits now, so they probably... Yeah, I bought a fucking kit. I bought a kit before it was meta, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, yeah, so that's that's my news. Orcs are here. Orcs are exciting. Nobs mean dixes. So, my bit of news. My oh. news. I want my news now. <laughs> Mother. I want my news first. <laughs> but oh, I wanted to this... talk. <laughs> okay, you may take one guess at what my piece of news is. It's Warhammer related. Okay, give me a clue. Give me a clue. It the knights sisters. kind of are a clue. Uh, it, sorry, it, it's not sisters. Okay, it's akin to knights. Nice. Which I would care about. Oh, uh, okay. Insensitive. I know. I know. Hector X is coming out. Uh, uh, is there a new type of knight coming out? Maybe. Wrong. It's the Necron thing. We have the oh, data sheet. Oh, is it good? Okay, well, let's is look it at nip on, Is it nip and steel good? Okay, the general consensus of the uh, comment section on the Warhammer Reddit, uh, Warhammer competitive subreddit is, eh, it's not that good, especially not the price. Eh, it's just overpriced. Eh, eh. I mean, it's cool, but it's not as good as the Castellan. It's, like, more expensive than Castellan by like 20 points thing mm -hmm. is that the castellan's definitely getting a nerf and it's definitely getting a nerf more than 20 points oh yeah and i could yeah. see it being greater than 20 All points right. let me run you through okay it's it's cost is 625 no matter what war gear you give it that's expensive okay it has 28 wounds that's a lot it has a 16 inch movement range that's a lot that drops to 12 when you bracket it WS3 What's plus BS3 plus. Is it 50%? 50% wounds? 50%. Yeah, okay. Strength 8, toughness 8. Yeah, it's a knight, yeah. 6 attacks. Yep. Leadership 10, save 3 plus. Okay, not bad, not bad. It's what sort of invite? Two singularity generators and titanic forelimbs. And Pythagoras. What? Okay, the singularity generator, <laughs> 36 inch range. Heavy D3 shots, 
strength 8, AP minus 3, D6 damage, and whenever you roll a 6 plus for the weapon, the target suffers one mortal wound in addition to any other damage. It has okay. two of them. Now, it has an option if you swap... You can swap that out for these next two guns. Which is... And you would have two of each of these next two guns. The Synaptic Obliterator, which is heavy D3, strength 16, AP minus 4, 6 damage. Holy cock. And the Transdimensional Projector, 24-inch range, heavy D6, strength 6, AP minus 3, D3 damage. Whenever you're able to wound roll of a 6+, Target suffers one mortal wound in addition to any other damage. Holy cock. Yeah, holy cock. And even though I'm more tempted by the singularity generator, honestly, because heavy D3 times 2, oh, you know, having an average of 12 strength 8 AP minus 3 D6 damage shots. Wait, wait, wait. You said D3 times 2. Yeah. Three so heavy D3. Four shots. But it's got two. Oh, three heavy. Oh, it's fuck. heavy 3 D3 oh, shots. Fuck. Yes, and it has two of those guns. Good God. Or you swap good it out God for the... Good hmm? I said good God in heaven. Yeah, no. Or you swap it out for the 72-inch range, strength 16, AP minus 4, damage 6 thing. Okay, then let's discuss the Titanic forelimbs. Because... Dude, that doesn't sound good. These that are both... Good. The fucking feet that knight have, knights have... And the Thunderstrike Gauntlet. Because it nice. has Impaling Strike, Strength times 2, AP minus 4, 6 damage. Or Reaping Sweep, which is Strength user, AP minus 2, D3 damage. Make 3 hit rolls for each attack made with this weapon. The thing to remember here, it has 6 attacks rather than 4. And its movement range is 16 inches. That thing is butterballs nutty. <laughs> It has living metal, so it regenerates one wound a turn, which actually matters on this thing. I mean, but that's only a 28th of its total wounds. Yeah, but taking a wound off this thing is going to be tough. It has a 5 plus invulnerable save. Don't tell me it has quantum shielding. It does not have quantum shielding. That would be Oh, man. If it had quantum shielding, that would be the game changer. It would be... Oh. That's it. it has a 5 plus invulnerable save that is relevant in close combat as well. And you go, but you can't rotate iron shields. You can't, which is a shame. But, you know... The Castellan is getting a nerf probably more than 20 points. Okay, it has Unstoppable Colossus, which is basically the... It can move over infantry and swarms. It can fall back and shoot and charge, etc. Move and fire heavy weapons without penalty. All of that good shit. It has... Transdimensional Explosion. If it's reduced to zero wounds, roll a d6 before removing it. On a 4 to 5, each unit within 2d6 suffers... <coughs> D6 mortal wounds. On a 6, it explodes and breaches the trans-dimensional barrier, and each unit within 3D6 suffers D6 mortal wounds. Okay. It has a rule which basically says it doesn't have a base, but just draw lines connecting the points on its legs. And it can have dynasty bonuses. It has faction traits on this thing. <laughs> nice. I won one! And it, I, it looks I, pretty baller. I fucking look. bet Necrons are getting a, at least a few uh, cost reductions in chapter approved. And this fucking thing. I'm sorry, like, what more did you fucking want from this? Everyone's it saying, would oh, be very a, interesting. Everyone's saying, oh, it's a bit overcosted. 
It gives Necrons what they fucking need in the form of anti-tank. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. They do have the uh, Annihilation Barge. No, the not the Annihilation Barge. Doomsday Arc, yeah. They do have the Doomsday Arc. Which is strong. Which is definitely strong. Million dollar strong. But people are going, oh, it's not good enough. This thing annihilates vehicles. Like, I mean, yeah. The main... Like, say you have two Singularity Generators. I mean, they're not the same as a D6-shot Strength 14 damage... 3d3 weapon no but on average that is 3.5 shots compared to 12 yeah that 12 is ridiculous yeah i mean i think any single vehicle i, I will have to do the maths on this we have to do the maths on it this it doesn't quite kill knight. a knight it kills like 70 percent of a knight i was gonna say this thing is terrifying. in close combat it murders them what does it hit on in close combat threes threes Man, people are going to make some really interesting lists with these and Tesseract Vaults and Wraiths, I, I think. Like, this this is... Uh, like, my Necrons have been kind of abandoned since the Codex. Because the Codex was sad. It was very sad. Whereas Definitely. this just turns up and goes, everything the Necrons needed, right here. It's a fucking sexy model. Only problem will be the price tag. That's a really fucking good question. I have no idea. Like, if a knight is a hundred pounds, a hundred English pounds, this thing is going to be like close to three hundred. I think. I'm going to see the cost. Oh. One hundred and sixty-five pounds. Oh fuck! Wow, that's not bad. That that's, is not that, bad. Not bad, and it's it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Fucking gorgeous. It's Wait, no, cow. that's the body. Hang on. Hang oh, on. here we go. Here we go. The the classic Forge World pay for the body, but don't leave without the weapons. The weapons are £35. Pounds. Okay, so that's £70 pounds on top. So what? £235? No, it's £35 pounds for both. So it's 200 quid for one of these things. Oh. Okay, I mean, that's that's two knights now. And this is... like Okay, when compared to a knight, when compared to GW prices, it's not that much. But like 200 quid is still just a lot of money. Yeah, but... Or in Australia. I, I can't even fathom what this thing is in Australia. <laughs> in Australia, we are sorry. Just forget it. Don't even go there, Australia. If just... It would be cheaper to fly to another country, be cheaper to fly to Nottingham, uh, buy this model, have it shipped back, have your cavity searched upon arrival in Australia, uh, just for shits and gigs, I guess. <laughs> as, you um, as you do. As you do. As you do. Then it would be oh, to... Because Fortrot also has like another Australia tax on top, which, like, oh I I would really love to know the GW reasoning. This anti, you need to see the three sixty view of this thing. Australia, does it look like a crab? It looks like link me, a, link me. It looks like a scary droidica spider. Droidicus. I apologize Heavy for the clicking going strength. on right now, but... Oh. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of clicking. Yeah. A lot of hardcore... And tapping sounds. Because Necrons, I think, only need a little bit of a points reduction. Just a little bit. And they suddenly yeah, I, get... I think Necrons needed a lot, to be fair. Oh, well, yeah. To be top yeah. We topped it. To be topped it, they need a lot of reduction, because they don't have much else going on. But I think this thing's a fucking game-changer. It really is. That thing is sexy. Yeah. Every okay, guys, if you, it's the Necron Seraptic Heavy Construct. Yeah. Good God. 
that is pretty amazeballs. Yeah, and anyone going, oh, fuck it. So, what size is it? I want to know what size it is. People aren't buying into the hype for this are mistaken. They are absolutely mistaken. It hasn't got the same kind of um, stratagem support which knights have, which is a point against it, but it is Definitely. also an absolute fucking powerhouse of a unit. I thought knights were scary enough moving 12 a turn. Okay, okay, but hold on. How does it compare to the actual radar dish gun <laughs> the Necrons can get? Uh, the radar dish gun has problems in that it was useful before because you could put it in deep strike and then it could turn up, you know, it'd turn one in your own uh, in your own deployment zone to make sure it didn't get shot off the board. Whereas nowadays, okay. you know, it's going to have issues because it can't do that. So it's less effective turn one. Oh. Like, uh, but this thing was also great against infantry. Also, that's the thing. Necrons are fantastic against infantry. They really are. The, the, amount, the amount of options they have for wiping out infantry units is insane. They just needed a bit of anti-tank help. And this will do it. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting time with the release of Orcs to see where Orcs land. I'm so interested to do some weird and wonderful shit with orcs. Like, I'm just... I'm ready. Foaming at the mouth. Um, ready to kick some teeth in. Of course, on the tabletop, I would never harm another person. Yep. <laughs> That's important, guys. Have fun with your wargaming, but don't actively attack people. Don't maim people. Don't maim people. The brothers on that note, shall we, shall we call an end to this, this wonderful adventure? Yep, we just want to apologize as well. For the uh, the brief time between podcasts, yes, it happened. <laughs> it does. It does happen. Uh, if anyone listening to this in the future, don't worry about this. Finish now. Just pretend it didn't happen. It's all, it's all good. Or is right. this the past in the future? But anyway, yeah, we just want to apologise. Uh, life is chaotic. We try and do this as much as we can. Uh, we're definitely still committed. Hell's yeah. Don't worry. We we love it. We're passionate. We're here for you. But just. Bear with us. <laughs> More importantly, stay safe.